Blog Talk Radio. Get ready to come into the zone for the next 60 minutes. Your journey will begin in 3, 2, 1. The Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Your watchman on the wall. Bringing you into the knowledge only found as you pursue the truth. So set back and enter the zone of Bible prophecy and find the hope that every Christian should have. Find out what is going to happen in the year 2012 and beyond. The Middle East, the mark of the beast, the European superstate, Russia, China, Syria, and more. So set back and grab your cup of coffee and your Bible and be prepared to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Blog Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21, and there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to the prophecy zone. This is Phil Armstrong. And for the next two hours, we're going to have two special guests. Uh, first guest is going to be Bob Chapman from the International Broadcaster. He's a uh, specialist in financial matters, and we are going to be talking about the crisis all over the world that is coming upon us very quickly. And uh, he's going to be coming in a short while. So I'd like to welcome you all. Sit back, relax. In the second hour, we're going to have Dave Lillard from Christian News Review. We're going to talk about Bible prophecy, and uh, it is a lot to talk about. So if you want, uh, grab yourself something to drink, and because uh, you, you're going to be uh, very uh, much uh, informed today. So um, there is a lot of things going on in our world, and uh, there's a lot of um, people who are um, guys of people, uh, 
who are saying that we are edging close to the uh, climax of the age. And uh, the end of the age was asked by the disciples, when will the end of the age be? Uh, and he gave signs in Matthew 24. And those signs were uh, earthquakes, uh, wars, and ruins of wars, pestilence, famines. Uh, uh, and we have those now. We have every single one of those things now uh, upon our doorstep. So right now I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Looks like we got Mr. Chapman on the line. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we get back, uh, we are going to be talking about the state of the economy. Not just uh, the economy uh, here, but the world, because these things intertwine in the Internet. Uh, the Internet. <laughs> They're like a blanket. Um, they're, they're moving together. Everything's moving together. And we happen to be the, the, the top piece of thread, I guess. And, and it seems like Europe is, but um, the dollar has been the uh, national currency for uh, international currency for a while. So um, that's something we need to look at. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. We'll be back. You're entering the prophecy zone where truth will be reviled. You're entering the zone where truth is more stranger than fiction. You're entering the zone where you'll find that good is evil, blue is red, black is white, and truth alive. You're entering the zone where you'll find that every human is in a race of his or her soul, and truth is more stranger than fiction. Wars. The mark of the beast, Israel, the European superstate, the rapture of the church, and more. Don't be afraid to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. Talk about the soon coming of Jesus Christ to the earth to destroy his enemies and set up his long-awaited kingdom. 
our future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. All right, welcome back. Uh, the website is not um, www.theprophecyzone.com. I can't get that, that back for nothing. I'm not doing that commercial over again. But the, the website is www.tvrn.org or prophecyzoneradionews.com. Uh, so check us out there. And, um, and we are really going to be hitting that website pretty hard. Um in the near future. So, without further ado, let's bring on our guest, Mr. Chapman. I hey am there. here. Hello, brother. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you on. Um, I uh, missed having you on for a few months. Um, a lot has changed since then, um, and uh, that's where I want to pick up at. But uh, it, what, uh, what do you see... Um, as far as the uh, European uh, markets, uh, they are just a complete mess. Um, start from there, and, it's, and we're, we're, we're going to go to the dollar. And uh, I want to hear your um, future um, uh, analysis of what you what do you think the long long term, middle term, and short term will be. So let's start. Let's start with Europe. Uh, what, what, what what the heck is going on there? Are they there are are they near complete collapse almost? Well, I think you gave the uh, the uh, the end of the story already. They're a mess, <laughs> but I think uh, there's a lot in between. Uh, I've lived in Europe for many years. I speak their languages over there, and the problem is that when the European Union started. We were looking at the Maastricht Treaty and 3% maximum public debt to GDP. Uh, that was totally uh, unattainable. Uh, second of all, they were going to use one interest rate for everybody. And each country is at a different state, stage of development. And to make a long story short, it didn't work. 
you saw what happened. Hold on. You saw what happened um, to Spain, Portugal, Ireland, in particular. They used, you know, the low interest rates that were, I would say, um, good for Germany and France, but not good for those countries. They never had low interest rates. And so uh, I think that they get off to a terrible start. And they didn't have a constitution for the European Union either, nor the Eurozone. And they really still don't. And to make that uh, whole European thing happen, what they had to do was create more money and credit than they should have. And so that's what they did. And that turned out to be disastrous. Right now, they don't have any dollars to speak of. And you say to yourself, well, how did that happen? Well, the foreigners mainly American money market funds and pension funds, said, gee, they got a lot of problems over there. Uh, chasing a yield is nice because the yields are so bad in the United States. But uh, I don't think that this is going to work too well. I, I think we better get rid of that uh, paper, those bonds and other things that American investors had invested in in Europe, in dollars. And so what's happened is that the U.S., the Bank of Japan, the Bank of England, and the Swiss National Bank have stepped in to supply for 45 days an undetermined amount of money, which my guess is probably over $2 trillion. And they also made a currency swap and that currency swap is for $500 billion. And that's where the countries involved swap their currencies for the currency, which in this case is the euro, of the eurozone. And uh, that is no way to solve the problem because what's going to happen is they either have to extend these loans, we'll call them, or the whole thing's going down again. Yeah. And what are they going to do after 45 days? Renew them again? Probably. And what's so important about that? Well, they may have bailed out temporarily these European countries, but what's very important here is the other side of that. And the other side of that is they're going to create all kinds of inflation. Oh, yeah. And so you back into the fact on the 29th that the Bundestag is going to vote on whether they want to give a second bailout to these insolvent countries. And 
there's a good chance it'll be defeated. Because the Germans have said, hey, we don't want to do that anymore. We're tired of being the whipping boy ever since World War II. And this is the end of it. We'll take our losses, and we will allow these countries to figure out how they're going to do what they're going to do. And so the whole thing is a terrible mess. The losses that banks in Europe will take if just Greece goes under are very large. And, of course, American banks are going to take losses as well. Uh, We don't know how much money has been spent on those bonds in weak countries. But we do know about $150 billion has been used in derivatives to help the European banks insure their problem, which are the loans to Greece and others. And so it, it, it affects America in a negative way, and it also affects what's going on in Europe as a whole and in the United States. So what they've done again is they have kicked the can down the road. No solution. And if the Germans vote it down, you can forget it. Then you're really going to see the fur fly. So it is probably, I would say, three to four times worse than the collapse three years ago to this date of Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, AIG. And the whole world's going to have to go through what they did over the last three years and have the central banks create more money and credit. And in the final analysis, it's not going to work. And they know it. It's certainly not going to help employment in any country. So it is a terrible mess, Well, as you pointed out. Draw a picture for me, because uh, I'm complete, uh, completely oblivious to this, but what would a dollar collapse look like uh, immediately? Um, what would it, I mean, would it, would it collapse where uh, you can see, for instance, I don't, I, I don't do finance, so, but will, will they be broadcasting this as, you know, today the dollar, blah, 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 again, or would it be compared to, again, on the currency exchanges versus, uh, every other dollar, I mean, every other uh, national currency. Um, uh, how, how would that look the first day? Uh, and then how would it look a week? And then how would it look a month? And so forth and so forth. Well, I think that people really miss the point here. And it's very important. And that point is that the euro is weak right now. The dollar is relatively stronger. You don't look at the dollar in terms of other currencies. You have to look at the dollar in terms of gold and silver. The nine major currencies of the world in the last 11 years each year have lost more than 20% on average versus gold and silver. 
So really what you've got to do is weigh the problems that are occurring against gold and silver. And that's that's really the the uh, main thrust of what you should be looking at. But what would it look like uh, if there was a devaluation? I think what you have to do is you have to come to a conclusion. And that conclusion is, is it proper to weigh the dollar against other currencies when their problems are almost equal? And is the dollar really going to go down precipitously against other currencies which are bad, just as bad as the dollar? That's a hard call to make. And so what I say is you don't get involved in that. You just stick with gold and silver, coins, bars, and shares, and leave it at that. Now, if there's going to be devaluation, then we get all the countries together, and they would all devalue and revalue against one another. Hmm. And once that was completed, they would have a unilateral debt default, excuse me, multilateral debt default. And once that was completed, then ostensibly all of the currencies would be equal. And they could start all over again, so to speak. And so I don't think you're going to see a unilateral devaluation of the dollar. I, the other country currencies are going to do just as bad. So instead yeah. of getting out and the USDX, instead of dropping from 78 to 48, we might see all the currency stay in that 7080 USDX periphery. Yeah. Because they're all bad. Hmm. And anybody who wants to own currencies should have their heads examined. A good example, the strongest currency in the world depreciated itself deliberately. They had a devaluation in Switzerland so they could compete because their currency was too strong. I mean, I never heard anything so stupid in my life. And they're going to pay for it daily because people who have been in Swiss franc-related assets for years are leaving. How do I know? They write to me every day. Wow. Oh, you there? Yes, I am. I'm sorry, I thought I hung up on you. Um, oh. How do you, uh, how do, um, how do, man, I had an excellent question. I just bent over to grab a computer, and by the time I got back up and looking at the screen, and the question was gone. It was a good, very good question. Too. Um, do do they do, do they plan to? Um, do you believe in the NAFTA or different types of regions? Because I know the European Union 
right in our face. It's a, it's a, um, it's a regional, you can say regional, continental um, togetherness there. But um, do you believe that one is this thing collapsed, especially in the United States, that somehow or another we would join some type of a union? Well, no, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. I really don't. Um, they're pushing for it. They get a lot of problems, and yeah. there's a lot of countries that are simply not going to go for it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you, whatever you replace, you have to do it with a currency or a group of currencies. That are backed by gold. Mm. I mean, why do you think that we have nations today, after selling gold for the last 30 years, why are they buying it? They're buying it because they don't trust any of the currencies. Simple. And that's begin that's beginning to get really popular is that the, the it's like the the general public is starting to catch on to gold more than normal. Uh to be I guess they're starting to see the value of the, the currencies that they have. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um what what is your um what do you think we we will look like next year as a as a world body? What well, would the world look like? First of all, We'll look at it from a financial point of view. The Federal Reserve must buy U.S. Treasury paper. Now, that number is about uh, close to ninety billion dollars, nine hundred billion dollars a year. And if they don't do that, then the United States financially collapse. And every time they do that, they create money and credit out of thin air. Now, in that process, they create inflation. Now, the government says inflation is 3.6%. Real inflation is 11.2%. The government lies, and they do it deliberately. It's not the only figure. And it should be 14% by the end of the year. And QE2 and Stimulus 2 are still in the pipeline, and they'll start showing up this coming year. And that should take inflation to 25%. And if we have QE3, which would be the expansion of uh, the creation of money and credit by the Fed in order to help the Treasury and perhaps agency securities, which are Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginnie Mae, and FHA, and maybe even toxic bonds, which have mortgages in them. So uh, it's very difficult to be able to
keep the system going without stimulus from government, and the government doesn't supply it, then the Fed will have to supply another $800 billion, $1.2 or $3 trillion, whatever. And I think that that is going to happen. And you see, right now, the president is saying, well, we need more money. And uh, he's looking for about $455 billion. Um, how can he, with a straight face, conceivably ask for that kind of money when the Super Congress is in the process of cutting $1.3 trillion. What are they going to do, cut Medicare and Medi Medicare and Social Security by a trillion dollars and send it over to the president's programs? I don't think so. I mean, people have paid for that. I'm 76 years old. I paid a lot of money into that system, even into Medicare, which I've only been in for 11 years. But still, how dare they take what we paid for? And if they don't have the money, because it's been stolen for other projects, in the act, if they read it, it says, if you, the government, don't have the money to pay Social Security, then what you must do is sell bonds to fund it. And that's a law. And so this coming year is going to be more inflation if they do what I think they're going to do. Unemployment, the only way that unemployment could go down is if the banks, which have $2 trillion on deposit, with the Federal Reserve. Now, how did they get that money? The Fed lent it to them at zero interest rates, and they lent it back to the Fed, and their rate, rate varies from a quarter percent to two and a half percent. And they won't tell us what they're getting. No. Now, the reason they did that is for a time like this. And uh, I saw money starting to go from the Fed to the banks three weeks ago. Now, if they continue it, the banks will get the money. They'll lend it to small and medium-sized businesses that had their loans cut 30% over the last three years. And that's really good because they create 70% of the jobs. So getting back to what we just talked about previously, will unemployment get better? Only if the banks do that. And where will it go? It's 22.8% right now. Now, it could go down to 21, maybe even 20%. And that's okay. But that's not going to solve any problems. 
it's only a temporary respite, they still haven't fundamentally addressed the real problems. And so we're going to go to higher inflation, even if we're lucky enough to get lower employment, and it's not going to last. And once they get to that point this coming year, if they don't do something positive on a long-term basis to creating jobs, then what's going to happen is unemployment's going to increase. Demonstrations are going to start like they have in Europe. And then I think you might be looking at anarchy in America. And so it's not a very good outlook. Yeah, especially President Obama going to ground. Uh, I was watching the um, contagion, and they kept referring to the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, it's about the virus spreading, a virus spreading. They never said the name of the virus, but uh, it was funny because they kept saying that the president is under in a disclosed disclosed location. He said that like three or four times in the whole movie, as if they were trying to give us a point. But um, I I um, I'm I'm pretty much uh, listen to you um, often on um, Alex Jones. I haven't got to do it recently. Um, I think there's a few other places I listen to you. I'm thinking, do you go on Doctor Stan show? Doctor Stan Martin. I've been on Stan's program for 18 years. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. And yeah, I, I'm on I, every Monday, uh, oh. Central Time at 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. Oh, okay. I never, I haven't, I, I matter of fact, I might have to call that because we were supposed to, he's supposed to come on last year, but he never, we never closed the gap. So I Well, he's a wonderful he man, and um, yeah, he is. he's yeah, in he his is. early 80s now, but he, you know, he's still pounding away like I am, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got a yeah. great message. Yeah, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Just like yourself. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming on. And I, um, I have more questions, but I, I, I sort of was uh, uh, moving around a lot today, so I will probably have a lot more later on for for you. But thank you. I so much appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to you coming on again in the near future. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Well, thank you very much. Bye bye. All right. All right, Chapman from the International Forecaster. Uh, Go check him out at www.internationalforecast.com. I think that's what it is. That's the last time I was tuned in to him. I make sure I get that right as soon as I go to that website a few minutes. But anyway, I'd like y'all to uh, uh, sit back, relax, and i got another guest coming on at the top of the hour, but we'll be right back. What you just heard was an actual recording of my daughter's heartbeat within my womb. And ever since my husband, Jeff, saw our moving, active, vibrant daughter by way of live ultrasound image and heard her precious heartbeat within the womb, He's been horrified that we as a society legally kill our children at this stage of life. As a society, we legally kill our children. This is the greatest human rights issue of our day. 
To join in the conversation Fridays 9 to 11, visit WeKillChildren.org and find the show. That's WeKillChildren.org. Now, we don't go blowing up people and killing our enemies because God never told us to do so, but we're literalists in our interpretation of what the Bible says. We believe it verbatim, we believe it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we live accordingly. So why is that so hard to believe that Muslims would do the same because the Quran puts no limitations on the violence and the war against those who stand opposed to Islam, where... The, the Bible and the New Testament, especially in grace under which we live, Jesus never mandates that we do such a thing. So, you know, they're literalists and we are literalists. Theirs causes them to be violent. Rapture Ready Radio, live on Tuesday and Saturday, and the BB Report live on Thursday. Visit www.raptureadyradio.com for more show information. My name is Phil Armstrong, and I'd like to invite y'all to join us on the Prophecy Zone every Thursday and Sunday as we talk about the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about world events like the Marcus of Peace, Israel, Middle East peace talks, Middle East wars. We're going to be talking about things like the end-time generation that we live in because we are living in the final days. So join us on the Prophecy Zone.
that <laughs> responds to those trends, and I got to realize that. Um, and, and it's not like I'm trying to uh, uh, get approval on everything, but I'm not going to argue about everything that comes out of pipe. People want to argue about everything, especially doctors. I mean, why would I argue that Jesus is my Savior? Why would I argue that there's a Trinity when I know there is? Why would I argue? Now, if I have to, if I have to make, if, now if I'm, uh, if I'm defending the faith, that's fine. But I'm not going to spend most of my time defending the faith. Sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes I have to come to the conclusion that this is what I believe. I firmly stick by it. And sometimes I'm not going to sit there and convince everybody. You're just not going to convince everybody. And I notice that a lot of Christians is trying to make a lifestyle convincing somebody. You don't convince anybody. The Holy Spirit does the convincing. You throw it out there. You throw the word out there. And it, 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 the word is connected. And the Holy and the, God's word will not return back void. So you throw it out there. You put the gospel out there. And, and and pray that God gives increase. And uh, uh, a lot of people believe that you're supposed to, um, you know, sit there and fight with people all day long. And I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, I'm not going to sit there and fuss and fight. I got a friend coming over. I think I just saw his car. So I'm going to go ahead and play a, another commercial. And I apologize, but uh, I got I to gotta answer the door because I really don't want anybody uh, coming downstairs before I can get to the door since I find commercials. So sit back with us. Extraordinary scenes in Berlin tonight as thousands of people gathered to hear Barack Obama deliver key foreign policy speech on his current European tour. The Democratic presidential hopeful laid out his vision for America's place in a new world order, saying he was speaking as a proud citizen of the United States and a fellow citizen of the world. While Senator Obama tackled America's place in the world at several points in his speech, acknowledging recent splits between the U.S. and the rest of the international community. In Europe, the view that America is part of what has gone wrong in our world, rather than a force to help us make it right, has become all to come. Yes, there have been differences between America and Europe. No doubt there will be differences in the future. But the burden of global citizenship continues to bind us together. A change of leadership in Washington will not lift this burden. In this new century, Americans and Europeans alike will be required to do more, not less. Partnership and cooperation among nations is not a choice. It is the only way, the one way, to protect our common security and advance our common humanity. Next week, will President Obama vote or veto the uh, Palestinian state um, coming next week at the UN? Folks, this is uh, very important. Uh, matter of fact, this is probably one of the most important things that uh, weeks that have ever uh, happened in world history. And um, uh, we 
We need to be vigilant. We need to be soberly minded. We need to pray for our leaders, pray for our nation. We need to um, back up. We need to make sure we're saved. <laughs> Please don't start prayer for people at night and your relationship is not even cracked with it cracked up to be. And I'm talking to myself too. Uh, we got to be um, without gall. Remember he um, said that about Nathaniel and he said that about a few other people that they didn't have any trickery, you know. And that's what we need to be. Meek spirited, we need not to be tricky. We need to we need to be truthful to the Lord. Um, we need to bring all of, uh, our uh, nastiness to the Lord and, and repent. Uh, turn around, turn for that sin. Um, it says in um, John one nine that uh, that uh, we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us for all unrighteousness. But it says in the prior verse. John 1, 8, uh, that if we say he has no sin, we make him a liar. God is not a liar. Let, let, let God be true and every man a liar. That's what the word of God says. Um, this is the most important time in history. And, yes, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this, and I, hopefully I'm not spoiling um, um, the next interview with uh, David, Dr. David Lard. Uh, we're going to be talking about the end times, matter of fact. But um, I believe that the next <clears throat> 12, 13, 14 days beyond, and beyond will be a turning point in history. And if you're listening to this show uh, and uh, you hear me say this, uh, take it to count is uh, what I'm saying. And if it happens, if it starts to happen, then, you know, uh, one thing that I, uh, one of the many things that I believe is going to happen is a major earthquake or major earthquakes and tsunamis in the United States. Uh, I'm not just talking about uh, a normal California earthquake, Northridge earthquake. Uh, I'm talking about a major earthquake. To possibly take up one of the coasts completely, and um, and what I wanted to explain to y'all first is there was people um, who was following the 188 day earthquake cycle, and um, there was an earthquake last year. Christchurch, and then there's another one, I think in New Zealand, and I think another one in Japan, and and then there was another one that we were looking for a couple of days ago to be 188 days. And uh, here's my problem with uh, <laughs> with Facebookers and, and mostly YouTubers, is that Christians who are looking for demise of other people, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves. Now, I pray uh, and I won't say earnestly, but I prayed uh, that no one would get hurt. Uh, and there was a and see, let me let me back up sort of. Those earthquakes were all over, was seven point um, seven point or above, um, and uh, this this earthquake yesterday, a couple of days ago, of Fuji, 
it to me was part of the 188 days, but no one got hurt. And I was on YouTube, and it looked like to me people were mad that nobody got hurt. I mean, even Christian. Oh, well, it's not part of the 188-day cycle, so um, nobody got hurt, so that's, it doesn't count. So you looking for somebody to get hurt. You're a Christian. You're looking for somebody. See, this is the problem I have with the end time, folks, is I want Jesus to come back. I want my family to be saved. I want my neighbors to be saved. I want your family to be saved, you to be saved, your neighbors to be saved. I want the whole world to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, and God does too. But I I don't spend my time wanting something to happen to, to the people in Damascus in Isaiah 17, where it says Damascus will be taken out. Uh, it will be no longer a city. It will be a ruinous heat. I heard some, um, and I'm not going to mention any names, some famous preachers. It is like, glory, 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 you know, hallelujah, God is coming, Jesus is coming back, and, you know, Damascus is going to be one of the signals. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. Well, don't forget that there are humans in Damascus, the same ones we're ordained to go talk to. And I say everybody's ordained. What is the last thing he, Jesus told us to do in Matthew uh, 28 was to go preach the gospel. He wasn't talking about ordained preachers, talking about everybody. Um and everybody gets it twisted. We're, we're, we're to go out and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's another thing that's on my mind uh, also. Most of the time, if it acts like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it could be a duck in the Christian faith. If it walks like a Christian, acts like a Christian, talks like a Christian, you don't know. Uh, but you would know them by their fruits. But we're not just talking about partial fruits or sometimes fruits. We're talking about the overall circumference of their lives. And um, a lot of th- a lot of times things seem to come out and things are manifest from the secrecy of a person's chamber. So you will know them by their fruit. Um, eventually you're going to know them by the rapture of the church because he says that um, uh, judgment shall begin in the house of the Lord. And and when when that when that is the case, uh, and people don't understand what this what this means, but I didn't for a long time. But when he says judgment shall begin in the house of the Lord, so that means that not only before the rapture of the church, he's going to start pulling away some some of the false prophets. But it also means that the rapture of the church will separate the wheat from the from the from the uh, tares. That means instantly, in the twinkling of an eye. Well, you you mean Rosh Hashanah is not on a Sunday. Nobody's going to be at church. That's not the point. When when everybody goes to church that following Sunday and they're still here, they're going to know that they missed the rapture. Of course, they're going to uh, at least hopefully they they understand. Um, I went out to to get my car fixed um, on yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. And uh, I dropped my car off, and uh, I went over. Got somebody told you know somebody who's not told me to go walk over there to Carl's Jr. for you West Coast people. I don't know if Carl's Jr. is anywhere else, but um, I was sitting down, and it 
compelled me to get up and talk to these guys, gentlemen. And one of the gentlemen says he's going to part. I told him that the end times could be here pretty soon. And now he's not talking about politics. He says he's going to party. And <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny myself. Um, and um, in reality, he's got seven years to do it. <laughs> if, if, that's, if the prophecy that we think and a lot of watchmen think is coming true will come true. And, folks, there are a lot of watchmen and women out there who are watching for the coming of the Lord. But there's also a lot of people who have attitudes, like this gentleman does. <clears throat> and there's a lot of people who have attitudes and don't even see this thing coming. Because if I, I took an honest look at the whole situation when I was walking around, you know, I went to the coffee shop, I went to Walmart, and did a few things when I waited for my car to get fixed. And then I eventually had to walk all the way home. Um which is a long shot. It's a long road shot, highway shot. So I walk out. The lady, one of the ladies at the grocery store said, I would, I would have, if I didn't know that was you, I would have picked you up. Well, she said she knew that was me, but she didn't know um, if I was running or not. So I said, that's fine. Look at I need, I need to walk. I need to run. I need to exercise. So um, I, I, I was walking around most of that time, you know, witnessing the people. I ran into this one guy, um, brother, um, who invited me out to his church so I can see what his church is like. And anyway, we hit it off pretty good. So um, we were talking to one of the guys. I was talking to one of the guys that he was talking to prior to the time I, I walked up. And this guy was, you could smell a little beer on him. He looked like he'd been drinking. and But it seems like he's kind of sincere. He's, you know, tearing up. You know, crying up, and I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit when I was talking to him. And um, he kept bringing up his past, and I said, "Look, man, you're gonna have to drop the what you're doing. You're gonna have to drop the alcohol." And I said it nice, but nicer than us. But you're gonna have to drop the alcohol. You're gonna have to drop the pornography because I was in bondage to these things, and the, and the God set me free. And the Word of God says, "When the Son sets free, it's free indeed." And I had to believe on that scripture. I I, I couldn't just uh, say, okay, God set me free and get up and walk. I had to believe the scriptures. Through the sun sets free, it's free indeed. That means he can set you free from the bondages that easily beset you. Um, I also told talk to him about casting out imagination and ask him what you think about. What do you think about? What's on your mind? What do you what, what do you have what do you believe in? What do you think? What do you watch? What do you set your eyes in front of? And I told him the eye is a floodgate, you know. And there's a lot of people um, out there that's listening to me now, probably um, is in bondage to something. Um, and, and and we are told to prepare uh, for the bridegroom to come and get us. We are told to prepare for the rapture of the church. For those who are pre-trib, we are told to prepare. For those who are post and mid, they got to look for everything else to come. And I, I, I'm not trying to start anything. I'm not trying to, you know, talk down on those beliefs, but I, I'm just saying that um, we're going to find out shortly. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to find out shortly what um, it, what what um, time frame the rapture will come in. But uh, we need to be prepared for the 
time period. Um, we need to be prepared that we are ready. And alcohol and drugs and, you know, and, and the dog tree and the eye dog tree and the covetousness, those are big things. But we also need to attend to the smaller things, which are behaviors like anger, malice, um, um, trickery, um, gossip. Some of those things we need to ask God to clean us up from. We need to get the garments clean before he comes. And that's the thing about pre-trip rapture, is that we are going to mentally be prepared, uh, physically uh, be prepared, um, uh, and we are going to uh, hear the trumpet sound, and then we will meet the physical and, and, and the in the mental, but but now we need to be spiritually prepared. We we can't just uh, lollygag around, and that's the danger of the post and the mid-trip thought. Because you're looking instead of looking for Jesus Christ, you're looking for the Antichrist to show up and to sign a seven-year peace deal. You're looking for the witnesses, and you're looking for the temple to be built, and you're looking for all these things. But I'm going to take another break. And I will be right. What you just heard was an actual recording of my daughter's heartbeat within my womb. And ever since my husband Jeff saw our moving, active, vibrant daughter by way of live ultrasound image and heard her precious heartbeat within the womb, he's been horrified that we as a society legally kill our children at this stage of life. As a society, we legally kill our children. This is the greatest human rights issue of our day. To join in the conversation, Fridays, 9 to 11, visit WeKillChildren.org and find the show. That's WeKillChildren.org. church and more. Don't be afraid to enter the zone, the prophecy zone. All right, I'm back. Um, just to address a message, I got my uh, cell phone here. I also got the computer here. I can check my email. But um, I, I, um, I, I guess like you could say I've been acting weird lately. And I don't know the direction. I'm pretty sure the direction of the Holy Spirit. I'm just kind of like, kind of like, you know, just well, maybe, you know, maybe it's just me. But um, I understand 
um, the pro- I understand Facebook and YouTube. I understand that we should defend the faith. I understand that we should, and I do. But um, if you're not into apologetics, um, not every Christian is, is capable of defending the faith. But we should be able to defend, every every Christian should be able to defend the faith, basically, in using the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what I was going to say is that I'm not going to go on Facebook, and I'm not going to go on YouTube, and I'm not going to go to MagSpace, and I'm not going to go on any other any other place, including my website, and argue with you people all day. I mean, I don't expect you guys to agree with me, but I should have the right to erase a trip if I feel like I need to erase it. This one guy from the Middle East, and the people say, well, you're supposed to love the person. Yeah. You're not, you're not always going to do things the exact way all the time. There's different, there's different situations where you have to, the Holy Spirit will lead you in a different way. And yesterday, it, was, it didn't even have anything to do with agreeing or disagreeing. It's more or less that the trade was on a guy from the Middle East, and the deal was just completely... Um, gone. I'm not going to just let you sit up there and dog my Jesus out. And I'm not going to just let you sit up there and dog anything else out. I, now, I've talked to brothers. I've, brothers. I've talked to people before from the Middle East. My wife was at work watching me talk uh, to, um, to this individual, and I stuck around. I kind of got a little nasty with him in the, faith, in the spirit. And sometimes people think, well, that's that's not Jesus. Well, go and talk. Go look at Jesus as he tips over the table in the church. Go listen to him as he says, "You the you the vipers to the to the, um, to, um, to the um, Pharisees." Quit thinking Jesus was some sweet person selling ice cream cones. Go read the doggone gospel for yourself. And I'm tired of people saying, "Judge not, lest ye be judged." Finish the doggone chapter. Finish the chapter. Stop stopping there. Even my mom does that. Stop stopping. You're supposed to not touch, not to touch, 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 not to touch, touch. Read the rest of the chapter. I need to get the planks out of my own. That's the whole gospel. Read um, uh, um, John, First John 1, 8, and 9. If you say you have no sin, you make him out of a liar. What's the next verse? But if he's faithful and just to forgive us from all, if we come to him and say, Forgive me, Lord. That's the first thing John and Jesus said is to repent. I'm getting tired of these mandy pandy Christians talking about just you can't say nothing these days, folks. So and you're not gonna win a doggone argument on Facebook. Just give it up. We're not this is not the gospel of argument. It's not the gospel of be right. You're not there to be right. Yeah, right in the gospel. But when you're sitting there talking about um, who's the Antichrist, is it, is it Elvis Presley? Is it, you know, Barack Obama Jr., uh, Hercules Hussein Jr., whatever? Is it, you know, I mean, come on. Is it Juan Carlos? Juan Carlos is in his 70s, I think. No, it's not him. I mean, we were told to look for Jesus Christ. Okay, we were told to look for Jesus Christ. We're not told to look for the Antichrist. And people get mad about it. People 
people got mad at me about 2012. I made a video about 2012. They got mad at me because I said 2012 is, is, is relevant but not relevant. So I didn't say it wasn't relevant. But anyway, let me bring up my host because I'm just like, I'm, I'm, oh, wow, I almost forgot. <laughs> I mean, folks, I'm saying this because I, I'm deal- what I've been dealing with lately on Facebook especially is I'm not going to sit there and fuss with you and try to protect the pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. On my network, I got three ladies who, and I shit me. Well, I don't say that because one of them looks like they're trying to go. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence? Or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17.8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcternan.name. The Zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the Matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy, so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ.
enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone, your end-time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hey, how y'all doing? Welcome to Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong. And I just wanted to touch bases on y'all with y'all and, and let y'all know what's going on with me. Um, but before that, um, there's been a lot of things that's going on in my mind um, recently, um, including the uh, generation. Uh, so I'm going to touch on the generation, uh, the last generation, uh, just before Jesus returns. Um, there uh, is a lot of activity going on in the Middle East, and uh, I don't know about y'all, but it looks like to me that um, uh, there are a lot of... Uh, Build up military build up um wars and rumors of wars um I don't know about so much about wars, but there is a lot of uh, rumors of wars and uh it seems like it it can explode at any minute uh, what do we need before the tribulation period begins? Well, a lot of you who are pre trivers know that uh, I'm a pre trib Tripper, and I believe that the rapture of the church will open up the Pandora's box. Um, when people hear, when you, when everybody out there, when y'all hear the the day of the Lord being described as coming as a thief in the night, I never hear too many people say, well, what is the theft part? Now, I think they, what they do is they kind of like, Jive it in with Noah and and Lot and how quick it happens. But if you're like me, you probably know by now that it, that it has not happened quickly. But when the time comes, it will happen quickly. Now, a thief in the night can say, "Okay, judgment comes swiftly, quickly." When when the, when the king of the universe makes a decisive matter, decisive. Uh, decision to come, it'll happen quickly. But as a further looking at the scriptures, I, I seem to find out that the thief in the night could mean the church. So when he says, I come quickly, I come as a thief in the night, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Uh, I believe it will happen quickly, it will happen swiftly. But Something's missing. Something got stolen. So I'm going to cover that in, in a little bit uh, later. Um, does any of y'all watch the Super Bowl, see the halftime, Madonna, um, her um, performance, which technically, if you watch her performance, 
uh, I was the, the one at one point of her the performance when she came next to a lady. I was saying, please don't kiss her. Please don't kiss her on public TV. I can't take it no more. Please. And she finally backed away from her. But it it it, it is a lot of occultic uh, things in Madonna's and uh, uh, her performances. But what I don't understand is. Okay, she's been here for a while. She's on. She's she's a uh, performer or singer who has been around since the '80s, and we see her performance now, and we want to get spiritual, and we want to get new orderly, and we want to start pointing out this is satanic. She's always been that way. She's always been satanically induced to perform uh, these rituals. And so now, uh, I guess the more we come to the point that knowledge shall increase, the more we realize that, hey, this lady is um, entertaining, but she's provoking satanic rituals to the public. Just like Oprah Winfrey is a... uh, a preacher, I call her a preacher. She's a reverend. <laughs> I call Madonna a reverend. I mean, he's, I mean to me, technically, uh, like American Idol, I, I watch American Idol, especially when it, I don't know what they did to it this year. They seem to not be having it more as funny as it used to be at the beginning. And to me, American Idol was always proof that Americans are eating processed food that is making us crazy. Because there's a lot of people who think they can sing when they really can't. So, what do we do with uh, American Idol? Listen Listen to the title, American Idol. Now, what did Jesus tell us to stay away from? Idolatry. Uh, well, I'm not taking it that far. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying it's kind of coincidental. Uh, trust me, I watch American Idol still. Long, I mean, no, no, nobody on American Idol is my idol, so I'm, I'm pretty good with that. But it's just, it's just to me, it's a catchy name. It kind of makes me realize the generation that we live in is full of adultery uh, and idol, idleness more than. Idolatry. I think we're full of idolatry, big time. Um. So, who are who's going to remember who won the Super Bowl six months from here? Especially if you're drinking diet soda with aspartame in it. Who's going to remember who won the Super Bowl a year from here? The only thing I remember is that the Patriots and the Giants already went before and they went again. The Giants won twice. That's what I'm going to remember. But Next year, let's say the Cowboys and the Raiders come out of nowhere and decide they want to go to the Super Bowl together. Who's going to remember this Super Bowl? Probably not too many people. If you if you stop me in the mall and say, I'll give you $500 if you can write down on this piece of paper in three minutes who, was the, who went to the Super Bowl in the last five years and who won those Super Bowls, and, and, and three, three people... 
that you're with can help you out. You're all going to work as a team. You're all going to split the $500. I will not be of any help. And I'm a football fan. Uh, so that shows y'all what what importance football is to me, even though I love football. It's kind of weird. Kind of vanity. It speaks of vanity because when the football game's over, you know, people yelling and screaming, and they and that's it. But in the Roman Empire, we were kept entertained. I mean, they were kept entertained. Hey, I said we. I wasn't back there. Neither were you. But I feel like we have something in common. We were kept entertained. We were kept entertained for the sure purpose of watch my right hand when I go in your pocket and take something out with my left hand. So, (laughs) what do we do with our society? Our society's gone, man. I mean, every time I turn the TV on now, there's always somebody from Washington State who's abusing their kids. There's always somebody from Washington State who, um, maybe because I live here, I'm always hearing the words Washington State, but there's a lot of people who um, are killing off their kids from this state, and I don't understand what's going on. And it's nationwide. Everybody's noticing that Washington State has all the child killers, which is preposterous to me, too. Generations gone, folks. This guy just went and uh, had a custody battle with his wife. And so now, uh, him and his sons are dead, and his wife was missing two years ago. She's dead. I mean, the society's sick, folks. Society's sick. Well, well, it's not me that's doing it. It's not you that's doing it. Why? So why am I saying the society's sick? Trust me. There is other reasons why our society's sick. Divorce rates in the church outnumber the divorce rates in society. So I'm believing that we are sick. Especially when you have a marriage, a Christian marriage, supposedly even one person is Christian, when you always got to bring up the word divorce. And we always got to beat each other over the head with words to no avail. It's a selfish, selfish society. We live in a selfish society. It is selfish. It's just me, me, me. I, I was attending a church and um, they had a skit going on and the skit was everybody's quiet. You know how you everybody gets out of praise and worship. And uh, the next, you know, we wait for the next thing to happen. Either the usher stand up and start collecting the money or the preacher uh, gets up and uh, he starts to speak, but nothing happened for for about a couple of seconds. And then all of a sudden, somebody across the audience stood up and said, "Me!" You know, they shouted, "Me!" And then they kept going, "Me, me, 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 me!" And then they get on the uh, on the uh, up on the stage and they just keep saying that. And then the next person in the audience, and then they're different ages and different. You know, they got people dressed up like you know, foot, you know, a man with a suit on and. They got a young college girl, and they got, you know, and, and, and the whole objective of the whole play was self, self, selfish society. And see, what Christianity wants us to do is live a selfless life. That means Jesus told um, uh, his disciples that the greatest among them in the kingdom of God is someone who is 
who serves. And that is true. I mean, if you, to me, uh, I, actually, let me back up. I heard, um, I was sitting in the bed at late at night one night watching this preacher on TVN. And he was, it was kind of a documentary. He was saying that, you know, the most depressed people, they found out one of the keys to depression is you focus on yourself too much. So uh, Satan loves for us to focus on ourselves. Um, that's how you got to pe- get people to kill themselves. But a lot of times selfishness can destroy some of the strongest uh, organizations in the world, starting off with the family. So if we do not learn to be so, uh, selfless and be and continue to be selfish, uh, it's going to affect our, our our family, our communities, our society, and the world. And no matter how much we start, we try to sing Kumbaya and let's let's have peace upon all men. Goodwill towards men. Guess what? It's not going to happen, folks. Too much men. Too much sin. Too much of us in the way. Too much of us and uh, not enough God or too much of us and not enough loving your neighbor as yourself. Uh, the Bible, I, I pointed out to my son today. He got in trouble at school, believe it or not. And he... Uh, he, uh, I wrote, wrote, read to him Luke six. I think it was Luke six. But anyway, it's talking about love your enemy, and uh, it's very hard, folks, to do that. Um, and it's not hard for Satan to get in our face and tell us that's impossible to love your enemy. I say tolerate your enemy. That's that's Phil's version of the gospel. Tolerate your enemy. It's hard to love your enemies unless you did have the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you're going to love your enemies as yourself, let alone just love your enemies, period. Um, so, like I say, for folks, we are in a society right now who are calling good evil and evil good. We're in a society right now where our people are battling more for the homosexual agenda is battling more for their rights than the church is battling for ours. So we get to a point where we, we as Christians want to complain about everything, but the homosexual agenda is going out to do their, they, they, they're going out to stand up for their rights. And it's a disgusting uh, way of life. I'm going to tell you right now. The squares and the, and the rectangle don't, don't the square don't fit in the rectangle and the rectangle don't fit in the square. And I guarantee you, they actually know this deep, deep, deep down inside. Just like an alcoholic would know that the alcohol is wrong, they know this. That's why they get so offended. Have you ever said something wrong to a homosexual? They scratch your eyeballs out. They'll stand up more for their, their their what they believe with the rectangle and the square don't fit. They they'll stand up for that. But let's see us stand up for the way the school systems is raising our kids. <laughs> you think they're gonna stand up for think Christians? You think we gonna stand up for anything? You know what happens though? It's the blind leading the blind without the blind even knowing they're leading the, the blind. 
It's 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 us looking at the way other Christians are handling business. So therefore, we have to stay in our box and we must handle our business. So if we see something going on with our kids, if we see something going on in, in our schools, we see something going on in our community where we disagree with, we're just going to complain about it, but we're not going to do anything about it because Joe Blow down the street ain't doing nothing about it or Mary Jane down the street ain't doing nothing about it. So I ain't going to do nothing about it because I like to live in my box. It's pretty comfortable. I put me a nice little a cover a comforter in my box. Put me a pillow. You know, Christians love pillows. <laughs> Christians today, Christians love pillows. He says, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Christians today love pillows. I want to kiss, I would just love my pillows soft and cuddly and I just let me lay down and, and not do anything for nothing. I don't stand for anything. I'm not saying go out and have a war. Because that's what Alex Jones wants you to do. He, I love Alex Jones, so don't get me wrong when I say this. I like Alex Jones, but it's not. You know, Alex Jones remind me of you. Know, if anybody know Alex Jones, he's a he's a uh, a, a young uh, uh, a man in Texas, and he has a radio show that he talks about the New World Order and about secret societies, and he talks about uh, he talks. And mostly the time, Alex Jones stays on point. So I'm not criticizing him, but I'm saying a lot of those guys claim to be Christian and they claim to want to, you know, they, they, they're taking back society for God. You know, they're taking back, giving men freedom to express themselves, and that's fine. But Jesus said that his war, this, his war is not to bring back the kingdom of God in this system that we're already in. Believe it or not, his war, God's war it's against the spiritual principalities. We he says we war not against flesh and blood. We don't war against the new world order. See, the new world order is being perpetrated and guided by yours truly, Satan. So Satan is the one who is guiding the new world order. Uh, the new world order. These men would not. I don't. I, I, I'm not saying that they won't, because we are sinners. Because remember, in the millennium period, period, Satan is locked up, and for some strange reason, sin is still there. Because at the end of the tribulation period, Gog and Magog will rise again against. Uh, and it, remember, Satan was locked up for a thousand years, and and his demons probably were too. And and, and there's no reason why men should have been dying. At a hundred years old, because the Bible says that uh, that men who would die at a hundred years old be considered infants in the, in the uh, tribulation period. And for people to say, well, I'm sorry, the millennium, for people to say that uh, to live for seven hundred years must be pretty boring. Well, you stick around and see how boring the millennium really is going to be. I doubt that it's going to be boring. So. The reason why I entitled the program the way I entitled it is because um, we are in the mind war. And that's why the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's also distorted knowledge. Um, now, in First Timothy chapter 4, it says, uh, verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 
speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience served with a hot iron. <sighs> Should I go on? Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving. Now, in Galatians um, chapter 1, it talks about someone who preaches another gospel. He should be accursed. Um, and um, remember, what did God say to the lady at the well? He said, you must worship God in spirit and in truth. And the truth as Fred Sanford say, and as the word of God say, will set you free. But what truth are you talking about? So the mind, the battle of the mind, the mind is the 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 battlefield for mankind. It's the heart, too. That's why the Bible says guard your heart. But most of the time, you have to listen to things from the mind before it gets to the heart. <laughs> the heart can't hear, folks. That's why the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Between your ears is your brain. So in order to hear God, you're going to have to hear God. In other words, do not go to church offering the sacrifices of fools. Because if you go to church and you're not willing to listen, then faith can't come by hearing. And hearing about the word of God, it can't. So the war is in many, it, it, it's, it's in one place, which is the mind of man. But the war and, and the, the weapons formed against that individual can be in many ways, in many times. It, it's, it's just un, unreachable, the, the weapons that Satan has in the storehouse. Because some people think that that as a as a, to, in order to go to hell you have to you have to go to clubs and shoot up crack and 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 look at porn. I had a track, and that's a track that you pass out to people to share the gospel. And on the outside of the cover, it says, "What do you have to do to get to hell?" And then you open up the cover, and it says, "Absolutely nothing." So the moral to the story I'm trying to tell y'all is you do not have to be a villain to go to hell. You just deny the Holy Spirit. That's the unpardonable sin. But the the unpardonable sin is the the, the continued denial of the Holy Spirit in your life, and it has to get to the to the finish line. In other words, you have to expire. Your heart has to stop beating before you are summoned to hell. So in other words, the thief on the cross had plenty of time, I'm pretty sure, to hear some form of the Old Testament gospel, the Old Testament story. And he finally got on the cross and he says, bid me to be with you in paradise. He says, before this day is over, Jesus says, you'll be in paradise with me. But see, the trick of the gospel is you, you may not, you might be taken instantly before you can try to put it off too much longer. And there's a lot of people 
right now, if you can talk to them in hell, they have put they they probably tell you I put it off. I shouldn't have never put it off. Some people either put it on, put it off, put it on, put it off, put it on, and then totally completely put it off the last couple of days of their life and got killed in a car wreck. So, getting back to Satan's war, Satan's war. Oh man, if he can get you to look at some porn, mm, he got you. If he can get you to to have anger feelings about your neighbor or your brother or sister or your friend or relative, oh, he got you. If he can get you to focus on starting a business and not on him, oh, he got you. Being saved, folks, is the act of the will. Oh, you're, uh-oh, you're saying we got to work. It's work, work. Thing. No, I didn't say that. It's the act of the will. You either want it or you don't. But see, what Satan does, his objective is once it becomes an act of, act of the will, meaning once the individual wants to be saved, his objective then is to, to make sure uh, that when you go to you go to church and you offer the sacrifices of food that's his that's his agenda his agenda is if if he can get you to not listen and not to uh apply it to your life he's got you if satan can get you to uh, misunderstand the word he's got you or if he can get you to go to a church where the pastor's going to make you misunderstand the word eventually, he's got you. That's why in every household there's probably over three Bibles. Pick up one and read it. But not just take your interpretation or my interpretation. Or you actually let's go back to your interpretation. Don't take your interpretation for it. If Jesus says, love your enemies as yourself, you, there ain't too much playing around you can do with that one. If he says to not forsake the fellowship and gathering of the assemblies of yourself, there's nothing you can do with that but go to church. I ain't going to church because there's too much hypocrites in the church. I can just have a church at home. Well, if you can get more than two or three people, Hallelujah. But don't fool yourself. Satan's agenda is to get us to to take out of context the things that are in the Bible. The things that God commanded us to do in the New Testament, we must do. And if we can't do it, we must ask God for help because he's supposed to be helping us anyway. Look, folks, we are not going to make we make it to heaven without the Spirit's help. And I'm prime. I'm prime objective of that. I am not going to make it to heaven without God's help. With all that being said, let's go to Bible prophecy, folks. Uh, for those out there who are listening to this radio program, um, I thank you for listening. Um, please go to our uh, blog talk radio page and like us uh and um we got uh, on blog talk radio page if you if you go to blog talk radio page you'll notice that we also have our facebook um up at the top of the page facebook and i think twitter um and um go to my page on facebook prophecy uh, prophecy zone radio and like 
like that also. Um, and also visit our website, www.propzrn.org. And uh, as soon as you get there, go ahead and go to our blog. Don't worry about the front page. Just go straight to our blog. Um, and, 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 tell, and, and if you... You need some answers to some questions, just email me. Feel free to email me. I'll be happy to spend some time and answer some of your questions also. Uh, we are uh, living in an interesting time. Uh, I always believe that 2012 would uh, either pass or um, come with us having something to happen either before, during 2012 or slightly after. I also thought it would happen earlier. Um, and I was al- along with a lot of other people that I thought that we would have been, the tribulation period would have been started. <clears throat> but right now, I'm in a position right now not to even hurry it. It's God's time clock, not ours. It's God's say-so, not ours. Uh, in other words, he's going to come when he's going to come. But the thing I worry about sometimes is there's Christians out there who say, well, he's going to come when he gets ready, blah, 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 in which they're right. But at the same time, I say I kind of shake my head because they still think that the tri- the rapture of the church will come at the end of the tribulation period, which is fine with me. But I will see you in heaven. I'll shake your hand and I'll say, you know, I'm so glad to be here, and I'm glad you're here also. Me too. That's exactly what they're going to say. Me too. I'm glad that I'm here. And I'm, and I'm glad that you're glad that I'm glad that you're glad that I'm here. Um, but there are many people who uh, are watching, and, and there's a special reward for those who are watching for Jesus' coming. Uh, and uh, a lot of people are going to be very happy to find out that there was a pre-trib rapture. Uh, and I'm going to be one of those people very happy. But um, what makes you ready for the rapture of the church? In other words, what makes you ready and what can make you not ready? And it goes back to the mind. Now, the Bible tells us to cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That means that uh, everything that is in God's word must be matched with the satanic attacks of the devil. The arrows of the devil must be weighed against uh, what the word of God says. So, in other words, if there is messages coming to your mind to drink something, first of all, you're going to have to come into a conclusion that you're going to have to come to uh, grips on alcohol. Should a Christian drink alcohol? And the answer for me is no. Um, so the devil, well, for, for, and then you're going to have to justify why. You see, being a Christian is sort of like walking the cops 
You know, when the police stop a drunk driver, you have to walk that fine line. Well, what did Jesus say um, in his word? He talked about the kingdom of God entering in to God's kingdom. And uh, he talked about the narrow gates, the wide gates. And in order to get to heaven, we have to enter in through a narrow gate. In other words, it's sort of like aiming at a dartboard. If you aim above the dartboard, you're going to make a hole in the wall, and you're not going to hit the uh, target. In other words, folks, you got to aim to get in heaven. And if you blindfold yourself and you blindfold the people behind you, it's the blind leading the blind, and the blind ain't going to get to, to hit the arrow at all. So you have to focus in, enter in through the narrow gate. So I look at it as well, if you get stopped, hopefully you don't get stopped. But if you get stopped and the cops think you're drunk, drunk there's probably like a low percentage of the cops stopping somebody and turn out not to be drinking unless they high off medication, legalized medication. So you get stopped, you walk that straight line, and you succeed. But Christianity is a straight line for good. You're always walking a straight line. And and our will is to follow God's will. Salvation is the act of the will, folks. You got to want God's will in your life. It's the act of your will to release your will to his will. To die to yourself, to pick up your cross daily and follow him. You're not going to go to heaven by simply not aiming at anything. And you shall not go to heaven by your will being a self-willed agent doing what you want to do the gospel according to Mark not the Mark you're talking about talking about the Mark lived down the street the gospel according to Jackie the gospel according to Ray Ray the gospel according to Shaniqua the gospel according to Marco Polo this gospel shall be preached in all the clubs and all the, the silk sleeper lingerie shops and Playboy mansions. I'm just joking. We can make our own gospel, folks. But getting down, getting back to the casting down imaginations and everything that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, we have to know God's word to survive. And we're not going to know any lies that have been told us from by Satan or by a preacher or by any kind of, uh, member of our church who calls the house saying that uh, Jesus, there was no God the Father. Jesus was God. It's Jesus only. And in order for you to know when somebody is saying, Easy believism, grace. Grace is easy. That means you can go ahead and sin. God will understand. Go ahead and go ahead and look at the pornography and, and masturbate and do what you got to do. God will understand. I remember when church told me I can masturbate and be okay with it. Just don't think about the girl. Oh, okay. So you're telling me I can 
perform sexual acts like masturbation, and just long as I don't think about the person, I'm like thinking, are you retarded? If I can use that word. If it's not against the law to use the word retarded, that was strictly retarded. First of all, I wouldn't have to do it if I didn't think of if I was that that's the problem in the first place, the girl. You wouldn't have to do it then. See how much see how they twist those see how they twist things? You wouldn't have to do it if you didn't if if you wouldn't have the lustful thoughts about a, a female or a male or whatever. You wouldn't have to do that. I'm sorry for coming off uh way off subject, but folks, we're in a war for the mind and the worst the worst of the battlefields is the church. And whenever you go to a church and the preacher ain't preaching against sin, it's just as worse as him making a lie about it. And let me address, because uh, I normally lay in bed uh, on Facebook. I kind of like lay in bed and I, I'll be looking at some of the posts. There is this post that went like 61 posts and they were talking about Pat Robertson and what what he said about um Madonna performance in the Super Bowl and I'm, I'll be talking off ignorance if I actually told you but I, I was just kind of addressing the, the, the post I wasn't really addressing what he said and I was just saying can't we all get along but I will come back a little bit and say uh, well um, a lot of these guys come on Facebook and they just want to argue about things and then they, they'll come back with another post. Well, we're we're here to we're here to rebuke and correct and all this other stuff. I'm saying, no, you you guys are here to argue. If you were here to rebuke and correct, you would say a couple of things and get out of there. Jesus didn't sit there and try to rebuke and correct and and and, and make sure men understood what he was saying to a point where he's arguing with them. See, Jesus was all that in the bag of chips. Matter of fact, he was all that in the in the chip factory. So he didn't have to sit there and convince anybody that he was wrong or right. Neither should a Christian. If you're on Facebook and you continue to just want to just prove your point, after a while, that's fine. Yeah, okay, reproof, correct, whatever, and then get out of there. You can't catch your pearls before swine all day. Please, please hear me out. You don't have to convince somebody that you're right or wrong, or they don't have to convince you or you're wrong. Just get out of there. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to play my theme song one more time. i got to get my commercials back. I'll be right back. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end-time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. 
So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Judge not lest ye be judged. What does that mean? A lot of people think that it means you ain't supposed to judge anything. But what did the Bible say? Did it tell us not to judge or did it tell, for, tell us to get the plank out of our own eye first before we can get the speck out of somebody else's eye? So in other words, we need to we need to make sure that we're walking with Christ before we can make that judgment, but it never told us we could not judge. It says, judge not, judge not lest ye be judged for the same purpose that you're trying to judge somebody else for. Uh, you 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 may end up being judged yourself unless you you straighten yourself out, bring yourself to the cross, and you get cleared, and then you can make that judgment. We make judgments every day, folks. That's another battle for the mind, and they got us thinking we ain't supposed to make any judgment. That's why Democrats vote for uh, the president who believes in abortion, and Republicans vote for somebody ain't going to do nothing about abortion. What's the, what's the difference? I'd rather throw my vote away because the right to vote also means the right to not vote. So if you got the right to vote, you should be able to not vote. Am I not an American citizen? My right does not make me an American citizen. My rights does, but my right to vote, if I don't vote, does not make me any less of an American citizen. So you're telling me that just because I have the right to vote, I have to vote. Then you don't have the right to vote because you're being forced to vote. <laughs> so everybody always say, you're part of the problem anyway. Why don't you just go ahead and vote? Trust me, one vote is not going to change this society. It just makes it worse. Well, I don't mean it that way. One vote does not make it worse. I'm just, I'm just trying to make a point. The more we get another, every four years, we get ready to get vote, vote another president in, we get the same, we get worse. We don't get better, folks. Every four years, we're supposed to have somebody that's going to save us from destruction. We don't have destruction anyway, folks. We're the biggest seller of pornography. We're the biggest divorce. Even the church is beating the world out in divorce. We got people thinking they're saved just because they go to church. Trust me, we got more problems than you can think. Our television sets are sitting, uh, is de- depriving our our youth, and we sit our we sit our kids right in front of a television set and think they're supposed to know right from wrong. Well, they don't. So, before you as a Christian try to correct your family members, you got to remember. That they're gonna they're gonna tell you the the gospel according to 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 Mary or the gospel according to Tim, and they and then you're gonna say, well, when's the last time you read the Bible? Well, that doesn't matter. I'm just telling you like it is. No, you're not. Sometimes the world has has things to say that make a Christian cringe. 
because the Christian know they're not they're not doing, and they know that the the worldly person is right, the sinner is right. So you might want we might want to live our lives the right way around others because they can always punch us in the, between the eyes with just what they see us do because we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the earth. But that's besides the point, right? But we are in a war for our mind. And the new world order is out to control the masses and what they think. Well, right now we are on a campaign. It seems like the, the media is on the campaign to demonize Christianity, to demonize folks that believe in a conspiracy, to demonize Iran so they can drive all of these together. And then they can blame Iran for the next terrorist attack, and then at the same time, simultaneously, blame Christians for what's going on. Because folks, Christians are going to be the next victims. They're coming after Christians, folks. One of these days, you're going to have to throw away your Bible. And the war for the mind is that they're going to make lukewarm Christians. Uh, in the tribulation period, because they're still going to be lukewarm Christians, they're going to make make people who think they're uh, good old good old Christians, good old Bible believing Christians. Where they're not Bible believing Christians, they're just degenerate. They're going to have the real people in the tribulation period who is coming to Christ. They're going to have to run, run for their lives. But see, the tribulation folk, the tribulation period folks is going to be. A war, a great war for your mind. That means they're going to be hold so much deception, so much backstabbing, family members backstabbing family members. It's going to come to a point where you're going to think, hey, this family member is in with us. He's part of the underground Christian, you know, unit, unity organization, and he's going to turn all y'all in. Says the love of many shall wax worse. Or cold. Folks, I'm here to tell you the love of many is already waxed cold. Imagine what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit is gone. The love of many is going to smell like boo-boo. It's going to be terrible. And people are going to say, well, I thought I can trust him. I thought I can trust her. I love the world so much. I loved Egypt that I missed the rapture of the church. I went after my own American idols or worldly items. That's why the Bible says flee adultery, flee idleness, flee flee from those things. I'm talking about people who are in the, in the ministry also. You start wanting things for the ministry and start wanting things and coveting things for the ministry and you're missing the whole point. Make sure you keep Jesus. I mean, I got thousands of listeners and possibly millions of listeners who I kept the show going. I mean, heck, we didn't do any shows last last, last month in January. I didn't do any shows and we had over 20,000 listeners just for doing nothing. Looked on the looked on the thing and me, Brenda and Chris and Susan Fuzio, 
We all had 20,000 listens for doing nothing. So imagine if I was doing shows every day. We would be, who knows, it might have been 100,000 people listening last month. Because there was no new shows. None. I didn't do one show. I don't, I don't think I did one show in January. So imagine if I would have did shows every day. Who knows what we would have got. And who knows per show what we would have got if I, if, if I stayed consistent over a period of six months. We might be talking about half a million people per month. Who knows? But we got to have to trust God. We have to trust God. That's the only way we're going to do it. I do believe that World War Three is going to start, and I believe that Syria will be uh, with Hezbollah and Hamas, and that's the area it's going to start with first. Uh, Russia is passing rhetoric a lot today, and, and I heard on the uh, CNN that Russia has something at stake. They have a, a, a landing area for the Mediterranean and they don't have a landing area for uh, for miles outside of that Syrian port. I guess that's what they were saying. But um, to me, the Bible says Russia is going to invade. And, I, and, and it looks like to me that Psalms 83 war is a, is, is a, we were trying to debate on, is this even a war? Is it, is it, and I believe that it is a war that will precede the battle of Gog and Magog. And in, in, in between the Psalms 83 war, which will be Amer- uh, Israel's immediate neighbors and the Russian invasion, which would be the Islamic nations with Russia, Including Iran and Turkey, there will be a Isaiah 17 destruction of Damascus, and they're talking about taking them out of power right now. They're not going to wait until next year, folks. They might. There is a chance that they can go next year. We've already been through that before, but from what I see, I don't think so. So, if it is a pre-trip rapture, could the pre-trip rapture happen pretty soon? And the answer to the question is yes. But if you got if you listen to this radio program and you're not saved and you and and you don't have God as your personal savior, Jesus is your personal savior, ask him to come into your life. Ask him to be Lord and Savior. And live for him daily, not just on Sundays, not just on Saturday night prayer meeting. Live for him daily. Ask him to change you. If you have any sexual um, habits or any drug habits or alcohol habits or anger habits, ask him to free you from those things and ask him to get you ready. Because Jesus is coming back soon and his reward is with him. He's coming to execute judgment judgment on a deprived and evil and wicked society. And he cannot stand sin. I had a church member, a preacher, get mad at me because I said he hates he hates the homosexuality but loves the person. 
They couldn't understand that. Oh, you're not supposed to say that to anybody. He hates the homosexuality. How about that? He hates the alcoholism. How about that? He hates the action. He does not hate the person. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if you say that he, we shouldn't say that he hates the homosexuality but loves the person, then you might have problems spiritually yourself. Just because I'm a preacher, I'm 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 not gonna go to hell. Just because I'm a uh a lady that sings halftime that makes millions of dollars, I'm not gonna go to hell. Just because I'm a president of the United States and womanize my wife, I'm not gonna go to hell. Heck, President Kennedy was my best president. I like President Kennedy, but where is he now? I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure. But it says what is it profit a man if he gains the whole world, loses his whole soul? I watched a movie shows called Unsung. It's about um, singers who did not get their full credit. I guess that's what the word unsung means. And I, 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 every time I see that show, I'm like, man, you know I mean, a lot. Most of these singers get caught up with drugs, and alcohol, and depression, and. I mean, just like the Bible says, what does a prophet, a man, or a woman, if he gains the whole world, loses? So I was watching the show, one of the songs about Atlantic Star, and I was pretty happy to see one of the singers, one of the group members got saved, and they were fully born again, not just half, 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 halfway. They were fully born again. So we are in the end times, we are in the last days, we are in the last months, we are in the last period. When I say last months, it could be 36 months or it could be two months. But um, it appears to me, and I've been wrong before, and I like being wrong sometimes, but pretty soon I'm getting tired of this whole stank world. I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of people's attitudes. And I want to go home. I want to see Jesus. And what's so funny is you get these family members who love the spank of this world. They they don't they don't see they think that the rocks of the church is some pie in the sky and then they'll they'll blab it out like it's vomit and say I can't wait till Jesus come back in the rapture. No, yeah, 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 you can, yes, you can, you can wait because you really don't want it to happen in the first place. You're just saying that. Watch your vomit, mouth. Because it might come and you might be still here. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm making sure I go. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to share this gospel with everybody. I'm, uh, my, 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 the website, once again, is www.pzrn.org. Please go and check it out. Um, and if you're listening to this radio program, um, check it out every day. Starting next Monday, we're going to have news every day. Uh, I wanted to talk about Paula. Um, I want to talk about Eddie Long right quick. Um, my wife had gave me a video of Eddie Long getting coronated as king. I don't know what the heck that was all about, but some um, Jewish professor or Jewish scholar or whatever came and anointed him <laughs> as king. I don't know what he was king of. Um, but uh, it was hilarious to me. I'm sorry. And then, I, and then, 
My wife <laughs> said she she had found another article saying that Paula White wants the same thing that that Eddie Long she want to be coordinated too as king. I'm like this man, y'all. Wow. Um, I'm gonna try to get Susan Posio back on the show again because I have, like I said, I've been down doing. I haven't been doing any shows lately, so she's somebody I would like to have on the show real quick because she's she's got some good info about what's been going on lately, and in the church world. So I'm gonna look forward to having her back on. Um, matter of fact, I get in touch with her pretty soon. We have her on here. Um, people can't stand when I have her on because she exposes a lot of stuff. I have some messed up iTunes messages because um, they don't like when I have her on the show, but I like when I have her on the show, so I want to try to get her on here quick. Uh, talk about Paula White and um, and and um, Eddie Long's coordination. They picked him up. It was so funny because they picked him. He's sitting, sitting in the chair like a king, right? And I can't remember if he had something on his head or not, but he had a scepter. Anyway, they, the guys from his church picked him up in the chair, and it looked like they were struggling after <laughs> a while because they had him up in the air when they were doing the, the music and the singing. And the, I said, those people in that church got to know, folks. They got to know. And just like the scripture I read to y'all in First Timothy 4, that expressly, the Bible is just expressly that in lighter days some shall depart from the faith. Well, you can still sit in the church and still depart from the faith. Your whole church can depart from the faith and you still be sitting, y'all still sit there. And when you and when you see your pastor getting coordinated as king or something, I would just get up and run. I would literally get up and run out of that church screaming, save me, because if I'm sitting in that church, I, can't, I might not be saved. There's only one king and Lord. There's only one king and king and Lord of lords, and that's Jesus Christ. And without the Father, you do not have the Son. Without the Son, you do not have the Father. And he also said in his word to obey him, to live a life pleasing to God. Also remind me of a, a buddy who think that grace is so sufficient that he can do what he wants to do. And never mentions the fact that God can take that away from him. If you're living in sin, God can take it. But you got to have faith that God can take it from you whatever the device is that is holding you back and get rid of those weights that easily hold you back and go forward because Jesus is coming back soon folks check us out on uh, Facebook Prophecies on Radio News Prophecies on Radio and also YouTube the Prophecies on uh, we're going to be doing YouTube videos pretty soon and also, please go to www.pzrn.org, and, and when you get to the site, go to the top of navigation and pick uh, our blog. So that's what the major one of our uh, website is. But God bless y'all, and y'all have a wonderful day. I'm going to play my uh, intro again because I don't have an outro. God bless y'all, and have a wonderful day. <laughs>
Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun. And in the moon. And in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations. With perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful day.